Dr. Fate. You're listening to A God of Evidence, a message from Pastor Aslany. We hope that today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10 and Acts chapter 1 and verse 3. I don't have a lot of notes, but I got a lot of fire today. Bring ye all the tithes in the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. And I want to preach right here from this next phrase. And prove. Everybody say prove. Prove me now herewith. Let's go to Acts chapter 1 and verse 3. To whom also he showed himself alive. How many of you are glad you serve a God that's alive? You don't serve a dead God. You don't serve a dried up God. You don't serve a God that is not moved and does not hear when you call his name. But you serve a God who is moved with compassion. You serve a God that looks on your life and care. You serve a God that says, cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion. Right here, this phrase, by many infallible proofs I want to preach to you on this thought today a God of evidence you serve a God of evidence hallelujah Come on, if that resonates in your spirit today, would you lift your voice one more time with me and pray right now. Dear Jesus, Lord, we know that you are in this place. We know that your word is alive and well. Lord, we know that you are your word. We know that you have given us authority through your word. So I pray right now, I declare, Lord, that your word would have free course in this room this morning. Give us ears to hear what the spirit is saying under the church in Jesus. Jesus name everybody say in Jesus name hallelujah clap your hands one more time as you're seated praise the Lord praise the Lord praise the Lord a God of evidence how many of you like evidence Mm. our country's judicial system was founded upon this ideal That a person is innocent until proven. This standard is fair. It's equitable. It's reasonable. It was designed to convict the guilty and protect the innocent. Its very premise is to ensure that the innocent are not guilty by accusation, but rather there must be evidence. The foundational belief rooted in this standard of justice is that the truth will always be revealed by the evidence. This clause of judicial proceeding insinuates that the guilty will always be revealed and the innocent will always be protected because the evidence will bear it out. The flaw with this judicial standard 
is that it relies on integrity to work properly. This standard is subject to a belief that all parties involved only have one agenda, to protect the innocent and to convict the guilty. But you don't have to be alive very long before you begin to learn that that's not always the case. Sometimes the prosecutor has an agenda. Sometimes the defense has an agenda. And sometimes even the honorable judge has an agenda. Come on, it's the real world. It used to be that agendas or motives were hidden or concealed, but it's not the case so much anymore. Motives have moved out of hiding and are plainly proclaimed for all to hear. Ideals now manipulate justice. Political goals infiltrate the justice system in an effort to push forward agendas through rulings, statutes, and precedents. Why has this happened? Because now our court system has become something it was never intended to be. The judicial branch is becoming the legislative branch by proxy. When legislators are unable to pass law because they don't hold the majority and perhaps don't have favor in the executive branch, here is what they do. They force the behavior, insist that it is lawful, knowing that it will be challenged in court. Knowing if they can get their case brought in front of the right judge and in an area where the political agenda is in alignment with their objective, the case will be ruled on not according to the letter of the law, but rather it will be judged based on the shared views of those in power pushing to legislate from the bench. Y'all don't need to be nervous. I'm not getting political, but I can and I will sometimes. So just calm down. You shouldn't be afraid because I'm not. What is the objective? It's to set a precedent. If a precedent can be set, it will be used as if it were law. Whoa. Do you know why you all are nervous? Because you have misbelieved a precedent that the church is not allowed to talk about politics. Hmm. It's resonant in this room right now. You think that the separation of government... You think the separation of church and state means that the church has no influence in government when exactly the opposite is true. The separation of church and state was so that the government would never have any authority in the church. Not so the church would not have authority and influence in the government. Oh, you, you, you should clap your hands. So what is the objective? To set a precedent. If a precedent can be set, it will be used as if it were law to judge others, even though law was never written. 
And the more that precedent is used to make judgment, the more it is accepted and it becomes as if it were the law of the land. You ready? You think you were nervous before. You're about to be real nervous. Enter Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm in it. Decades ago, almost 50 years ago, if I remember right, a court case was brought to trial in the Supreme Court when legal legislation was written in Texas protecting the unborn. And it was determined that abortion was a constitutionally protected right because of a constitutionally protected right to privacy. Hmm. A federal law had never been written enshrining or protecting abortion, yet using an existing right, the spirit of the existing statute was manipulated and the spirit of the law was ignored to set a precedent. Without legislating a right to abortion, abortion became legal through precedent. And the sovereignty of states was infringed upon, which was a direct violation of existing law. How many of you knew all that? You're all scared. You're scared to death. I can see it. Our nation operated under this precedent for almost 50 years before it was reversed just a year or so ago. Well, I would have thought you would have been excited about that. 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17 reads this way. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. This book is a non-negotiable. There is only one author. There is only one legislator. And there is only one finisher. And his name is Jesus Christ. This book is not up for debate. It's not up to be filtered through your opinion. But this book reigns supreme as the law of the land. It is the law of your life, and it is the law of my life. And there is no other statute, no other interpretation, no other precedent that can rise above the word of God. The enemy of your soul wants you to believe that somehow... He has the authority to legislate truth in your life. But your adversary has never penned one word by which man lives. He has never created anything. He has never authored anything. He has never written anything. 
because he does not, nor will he ever, have the authority to do so. Instead, what he does, and you've heard me say it before, stay with me now. What you see happening in the world, you will see the enemy attempt to do in the church. He cannot pen anything in your life. He cannot author anything in your life. He cannot create anything in your life. And so what he does is he tries to corrupt situations in your life to set a precedent that you believe and take as fact for your life. This is what he does. He says, well, you lied, so you must be a liar. You cheated, so you're always going to be a cheater. You gave in to temptation, so you must be weak. You lost your temper, so you must have anger issues. There's chaos in your life, so you must be living in condemnation. There's issues that you don't know how to deal with, so your relationship with God must not be right. He steps into the fringes of your life story, and he tries to set precedence so you begin to believe things that are not true. He wants you to believe that your marriage can never be secure. He wants you to believe that your body can never be healed. He wants you to believe that just because you wrestled with depression and just because you suffered from anxiety that you will never have peace. He uses one storm, one mistake, one one issue, one trial in your life. And he says, that's the precedent. That's the precedent by which you live from this day forward. He doesn't take it to court. He doesn't run it by the king of kings. He just whispers in your ear and says, this is the precedent. This is now the law by which you think. This is now the filter by which you speak. This is now the lens through which you look. This is the understanding that you now have because you went through one issue in your life. He says, this is now the bar from this day forward. Ah. Lies, lies, lies. You are not alone in this fight of the precedent. The devil took this fight straight to Jesus at the end of a 40-day fast. The devil tried to trick him after he fasted. He tried to twist the word to make it say what he wanted it to say. He tried to pervert the spirit of the law to serve an agenda of destruction. He wanted to be worshipped. He said, well, if you'll, just, if you'll just kneel down and worship me, Jesus, I'll give you everything. He still believed that he had power, but what he did not realize 
is before he ever came on the scene. Jesus had already gone into the pits of hell and taken the keys. And he had them even on that mountain. When the enemy tried to thwart him, his authority had already been revoked. Let me tell you something, friend of mine. You don't have to believe the precedent that the enemy has been whispering in your life. I don't care how many times you've fallen, what kind of mistakes you've made, what kind of trial you've faced, what kind of storm has blown into your life. I'm here to tell you today that you serve a God of evidence. You serve the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords, and he will set every precedent straight in your life. The enemy will do this in your life to tempt you to get to stop growing in Christ. He does it to hear me. Because some of you are right here. This next statement, some of you, this is where you are right here today. He wants to stunt your transformation process. Ah, let me tell you in the Holy Ghost what the enemy's been speaking to some of you this week. You've made it here before, but you've never made it past this point. So you'll never make it past this point. It's a lie. It's a false precedent. This transformation process is real, and God is going to see it through to the finish. God is doing a work in your life. You will have victory in your home. You will have you will have peace when you lay your head on your pillow. You will have victory inside of your home. You will have the devil cannot have your family, Brother Cox. We are calling out the name. We are standing in the gap. God is going to do it. I don't believe the precedent of absence. Just because I don't see him here today does not mean I will not see him here tomorrow. The psalmist said it this way in Psalms 19 he said the law of the Lord is perfect converting the soul do you know that does anybody remember one of the first things that I did when I became pastor I passed out that Bible reading program you know why because if you don't know what's in here You are low-hanging fruit for the adversary. It's easy for him to come in and mess with your mind and mess with your family and get you to be offended and turn you sideways against the church. Why? Because the law of the Lord is perfect. It converts the soul. He knows that if you know this book, there's a change that's going to happen on the inside. See, the testimony of the Lord is sure. Making wise the... Hey, what are you trying to say, preacher? I'm trying to tell you that the things that have confounded you God's going to make them simple hey living for God is easy it's the simplicity that is in Christ but you have got to know what is in the book let me give you another little nugget of revelation that the Lord gave me several years ago I've had people be like oh man you 
you know what's in that book so much and I could never know the word like that. That's a lie. It's a lie. That's a lie. I could never remember that. That's right. You can't. And neither can I. Whoa. But let me tell you something. Do you know where the things of the Spirit are stored? They're stored in the Spirit. John 14 says that the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, will bring all things back to your remembrance. You don't have to memorize every scripture in this book for God to bring it back to your remembrance. But if you begin to expose your mind, if you begin to read it in the atmosphere of your home, if you read it to your kids in the morning, and you speak it over them at night, let me tell you something, the Holy Ghost will bring it back to your remembrance right when you need it. This book is not against you. This book is for you. It was written for you. Its expectations do not enslave you. They liberate you. Its judgments do not condemn you. They free you. This living word, it brings conversion, rejoicing, enlightenment, endurance, righteousness, and sweetness to your life. That's why you can't just pray. You've got to pray and read the book. You've got to pray and allow the washing of the water by the word. The Bible says every time I read these promises, he renews my mind. He begins to change my thinking. And you know what happens the next time the adversary shows up and says what about the precedent you say but what about the promise what about the promise I'm not living under precedent I'm living under promise Hallelujah. this book is the only only unchanging unwavering unrelenting standard by which you can live victoriously. You know why some of you struggle being up and down? Because you've given your emotions more jurisdiction than the promise. I don't live based on the way that I feel I live based on the word because the word's unchanging the word's unrelated let me tell you something when you begin to read this book the words in this book will pursue you at your greatest moment of need it will show up in your thought life right when you're at your lowest it will be a it'll be honey that is sweeter than a honeycomb Right when you feel like you can't go another day. It'll be honey on the battlefield of your life. When you feel you need strength, it will strengthen you. When you need clarity, it will give you the clarity that you need. Jesus said in Matthew 24, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. 
What does that mean, Brother Vinny? It means it does not matter what this world says or what evil is waxing worse and worse in our world. Everything in here is yea and amen. God did not change. His holiness did not change. His power has never been compromised. His promises have never moved. The foundation of your faith is still sure and secure. His name is still above every other name in the land. You can stand on the word of God today. It is your evidence. Lord told Malachi, prove me now herewith. He said, just try it. Mm. You're on me, Brother Dwight. Just try it, Malachi. Tell him to try. I dare you to take him at his word. I dare you to begin to declare these promises in your life. I dare you to begin to obey the word of God. Prove me now herewith. Atambo Kondorosha. I've come to preach to you this morning that you serve a God of evidence. Mm, You serve a God that is not afraid to be challenged by his own word. He said, I wrote it, and I'm subject to it. I authored it, and I will adhere to it. I pen these promises, and I will prove them to you. He said, prove me now herewith. You serve a God that wants to prove himself to you. I wasn't here. The Sunday that Zach Pyers was here preaching. And I went back and I listened to that message. A thousand little cuts. (laughs) It resonated with me. Did it resonate with anybody else here? Uh, How many of you have felt like that's been your life the last few weeks? Come on, I, w- I want you to be honest. It's not, if you want victory today, I challenge you to make yourself vulnerable. How many of you feel like your life has come under attack from multiple angles the last few weeks? If that's you, I want you to stand. I came here. To preach two things to you today. One, I want to give God glory. And I want to give the devil a bad day. I want you to just stay standing if that was you. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10 says this. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest. That's the revealing, that's the proof. Might be made manifest in our body. Let me tell you something about your problem. He is proven in your problem. 
He is proven in your pain. He is proven in your persecution. Let me tell you the questions you've been asking. The Lord told them to me. Why? Why, Pastor? Why the sickness? Why the trial? Why the financial shortfall? Why the relationship turmoil? Why the need? Why the chaos? Why the dilemma? Why the storm? Why the loss? Why the mountain? Why the valley? Why the contradiction? Why the murmuring pastor? Why, why, why? Why are we being attacked on every side? tell you why so he can show you the evidence he is my healing in sickness he is my testimony after the test he is my abundance in the shortfall he is my supplier in the need he is my direction in the chaos he is my ever-present help in the storm he is my authority when there's a mountain he is my confidence in the valley he is my peace in the contradiction and he is my advocate in the murmuring every test every trial every frustration every circumstance of life everything we go through in this life is an opportunity for him to prove his work. His promises are made manifest in my problems. Ah, you can have a seat. Come here, Brother Luke. I'm right over here. Revelations 12. 10 or 11 says this, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brother. For the accuser of our brethren. Ah. You know, that's what the enemy does. He comes in and makes accusation. He uses accusation. To set precedent in your life. Ah. I preached a message to you called Gossip in the Gospel a few weeks ago. Luke, I got to be transparent with you. I gossiped about you just a couple days ago. I was sitting at lunch in St. Louis, Missouri with Bishop Stark. And I said, Bishop, I said, people are coming under attack. I said, we had a real nice under-the-radar period of revival where the enemy wasn't quite paying attention. I said, but we're on the radar now. I said, and the attacks have started. I said, every tithe payer, their finances are... Do you know how many tithe payers in this room have texted me the last few weeks and told me about problems on their job, problems that have risen up at work, that the way that the devourer has come against them? I said, Pastor, I said, the enemy has risen up. He looked at me and he said, he cannot 
reverse the word of God. See, the accuser comes in, Luke, doesn't he? And he says, you got every reason to fear. You got every reason to worry. Hey, brother Jim, you got every reason to fret about that business while you're on vacation. Hey, brother Ben, you got every reason to be scared of the implosion that has happened in your life. But I've come to tell you today that you serve a God of evidence. You serve a God that wants to prove his word in your life. Luke called me. said, I got a call from work. It's not the kind of call you wanted. They're messing around with his benefits. You like it when people mess with your benefits? They're messing with his benefits. It's going to affect his family. I looked at him. I said, Luke, we're going to pray. And we're going to stand on the promise of God. And I got a phone call from Luke yesterday. He said, hey, pastor, just want you to know the HR department called. said, we're sorry. We made a mistake. There's a check in the mail. Your benefits are fine. Let me tell you, prove, prove, prove me now. Here with God will do it in your life. I didn't know I was going to be preaching this today. But on Wednesday, Brother Ben wasn't here because of a change on his job, which is going to work out for his good. I'll preach the whole thing again. A change on his job, which is going to work out for his good. I'm telling you right now in the Holy Ghost, Ben, the enemy's already tried to condemn you, uh, tried to get you to question things that you've done, things that you've said, uh, and choices that you've made. Uh, but I'm telling you, the Lord was with you every step of the way, uh, in every conversation, uh, and in every decision. Uh, and the devil's a liar and a devourer, uh, and God is already at work in your situation. Uh, prove, 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 uh, prove me now here with. Uh, he will come through for you. I had three people come up here and testify on Wednesday night, not knowing that I would be preaching this on Sunday. Uh, let me finish what I was reading. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Don't you miss this next point because it's going to change everything in your life. Let me tell you what the enemy does to manipulate a precedent in your life and try to make it have life or jurisdiction in the environment of your life. You have a power that he does not have. See, the Bible says that life and death are in the power of the tongue, Rusty. So let me tell you what the enemy does. He comes up and he whispers in your ear and he says, if I can just get Rusty to 
say something negative. If I can just get Rusty to murmur. If I can just get Jim to complain. If I can just cause Ben to be angry enough to say something he regrets. Then he begins to speak that into his own life. But when you know the word of God, you begin to open your mouth. And instead of speaking death, you speak life. And you don't lo- no longer allow the enemy to use your words as an instrument for your destruction. Don't testify against yourself, but testify the promises of God. For they are yea and amen. They are unchanging. They are unwavering. They are sure and secure in your life. The devil wants your testimony. Stop putting testimonies in a box. Okay? Testimonies aren't just what happened here on Wednesday night. You testify every time you open your mouth. Every time. I'm preaching to you right now. Every time you open your mouth and you begin to speak things into the atmosphere of your life, I'm telling you right now, I've been praying for you. I asked about you today and then you walked in. You know why? Because God started a transformation in your family. God's starting a transformation in your family. And the enemy wants you both to begin to testify things that are wrong, that are not true, that will corrupt what God is doing in your life. There are multiple people in this room right now where you are in the middle of a transformation. Don't give the adversary your testimony. Begin to testify the things of God. Let the author put the words in your mouth and you begin to pen your tomorrows today with the words you speak now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You declare your testimony before you see your testimony. The only way the enemy can ever be an author in your life is if you surrender your words to him. He tries to tamper with the evidence by messing with your words. Y'all going to have to forgive me because I told you I was going to try to preach short. But I'm just telling you, there's still an element of revelation we haven't got to yet. You know, when you go to a police station, you know what the most protected room in that building is? It's the evidence room. Because if you can mess with the evidence, if you can mess with the evidence, you can alter the outcome of a case. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Do you know what happens when you murmur, when you complain, when you talk bad about the church, when you talk bad about the pastor, when you talk bad about your brother, when you talk bad about your sister, when you begin to question the word, when you begin to question the word of God and the man of God and the people of God, do you know what you're doing? You're giving the adversary the key to the evidence room because the Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. But my faith.
faith. What I speak, what I speak, what I declare, what I proclaim, it is the evidence of things not seen. That's why I preached a new narrative. Because from this day forward, I thank God for every husband, for every wife, for every child, for every grandson, for every granddaughter in this church. Because they will serve the Lord. They will worship in this place. They will repent in these altars. There will be revival in your family. That's the faith that I have. That's the faith that I have. Come on, would you stand? Lord spoke to me in my office this morning. You know, you got to get up pretty early to drive two and a half hours and still pray and be clothed and in your right mind. Hallelujah. But sitting at my desk this morning, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, before we close the door on 2024, I'm going to tell you right now, the three things you're going to see here are greater faith before the end of next year. We will see purity. We will see purity. We will see purity. We will see purity here at Greater Faith apostolic church we will see purity we will see unity and we will see revival here at greater faith apostolic church we will see purity we will see unity and we will see revival here at greater faith apostolic church it is God's desire it is God's agenda and my words are not going to corrupt it your words are not going to corrupt it because God is going to do the work. Ah, I felt the challenge of human spirits when I declared that in this room. But I just want you to know that this pastor ain't backing down. He ain't slowing down. He ain't giving up. He ain't turn around. Because I know that we serve a God that is able. Your husbands, your wives, your children, your grandchildren, they're going to live for God. They're going to worship in the house of the Lord and declare the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Here's what I believe the Lord wants for this service. I believe God desires for us to leave here today with victory. I want every eye closed. And I want you right now to discern. I want you, you could probably think of it immediately, but I want you to think about what area right now in my life do I need victory? What problem am I facing? What issue am I battling? What thing is it in my life today where I need victory? Once you've thought of that, I want you to walk down to this altar.
Thanks for joining with us today. Be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on Facebook by searching My Greater Faith. There you can watch this sermon and others, as well as live stream all available services. If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. Greater Faith. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything's possible. Thank you.